You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, everybody? It's your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? And folks, we have another, another awesome guest lined up. And this time, we're going to start walking a little bit into the anime-verse. Hey, that's right. But before we even get into that, let me introduce my fellow crusader. You know, he's an expert in this realm of the anime world. The one and only Jeff Anime Bracey. <laughs> hey there. Uh, <laughs> my what's cat about- to get in on the show, apparently. Oh, that's what's going on. See, that's an anime character in itself. Because I, I thought you were a furry with that tail yeah, coming out of your neck. I, I don't have a Goku tail. Uh, <laughs> what's I, going I, on? I cut mine off as well to achieve my maximum power. So Hey, that's <laughs> right. And, and talking about maximum power, over here we have a, a, a power player with Bandai. Man, he is a pop culture boss. He is the VP of marketing at Bandai that's going to talk all about the awesomeness of Dragon Ball. Who am I talking about is the one and only Cisco Maldonado. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good to see you here. I'm doing great, man. Thank you for coming on and hanging out with us today to talk all about DB. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a huge thing. <laughs> it's a huge thing. Let me yeah. tell you, uh, I, I wasn't a, a big anime guy, but, you know, until years ago, because I come from the old school of anime movies. Okay. Mm. You know? And, you know, it was after that era that the shows really started popping off. You know, of course, we had our Gundams and our Voltrons, but, you know, it was a heavy emphasis on movies with the Akiras, the Vampire Hunter Ds, Urosa yeah. Kodoji, that's not for kids. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So... I grew up differently. But then my brothers were born. They started putting me on to, like, yo, have you seen these TV shows? And, man, it's definitely been a, a wild and amazing ride. So talk about that 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 ride, uh, Cisco. I mean, what well, a little bit about yourself and then what DB means to you. Oh, wow. A little bit about myself. Well, I have been very fortunate that for most of my career, I've worked on the stuff that I grew up liking as a kid. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was in the comic book world for a while. I worked for DC Comics and I handled all the brand stuff there, which is like super cool. Um, And then I worked on like movies. And then just within the last uh, almost two years now, um, I'm at Bandai working on some of the coolest anime that Mm -hmm. I grew up with as a kid as well. Right. So it's not like I'm selling cat food. Right. I would take a (laughs) swan dive out the window if I had to do that. (laughs) Nothing against my folks in the CPG world. Right. Love cats. Um, but to, to be able to be working on something that you are that you would do anyway, even in your off time, like that's pretty cool, right? So as a result of it, like I'm always on, right? Like I'm always watching the newest stuff. I'm always reading about what's happening, right? And not only does it keep me more informed, right? But it keeps me in touch with the fans out there, right? Because sometimes you're sort of in your own little space and you're doing these things and you forget to sort of go up to Periscope depth, take a peek around and see what people are liking and watching. And you can't forget of why anime one is so compelling and why it is experienced such this huge growth, even within the last five years. And it's not like the stuff hasn't been out there anyway. It's been going on for years, but it's only within the last, I would say even three years that we've seen this giant wave of interest in anime coming up. You know, the AT, uh, the uh, the streaming giants out there, OTT platforms, like you can find it everywhere now, yes. right? The gates are open and it's content that I think 
is groundbreaking in the sense that, yes, it's animated content, but it's not cartoons, right? I remember as a kid growing mm-hmm. up and like, uh, like Robotech, right? And like the Macross oh, yes. saga. That was like one of my first introductions to anime. And it was long form and like there were consequences and like people died. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. what? Like, you don't see that on Super Friends, right? You don't and see that like, on G.I. Joe or He-Man, right? <laughs> it's like, what, what was the running joke that He-Man never used his sword that, that Kevin Smith kind of answered recently? <laughs> that, you know what? He he didn't. He just blocked stuff, right? Yeah. Huh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Lost. So, so it, it's come full circle. And, and, and now I get to sort of make this little dent in the Dragon Ball universe by sort of being on the inside and like, you know, working with Bandai America to create, you know, cool new toys and action figures of this fantastic property that's been going on for a while that had such a cultural impact. I don't think people clearly understand how great, how groundbreaking Dragon Ball was when it first came out, right? I mean, it wasn't just a cartoon show, right? It was for the first time, like, over-the-top action that no one had ever seen before. Like, Goku would scream so loud the weather changed. Right. Or he would crack a planet. Right. Like that kind of scope. Like when you saw it as a kid, your first thought was, what is this? Your second thought is, should I be watching this? Right. Because it was so different and it stretched on for episodes and episodes. Right. Like prior to that, maybe there was a two parter. Right. Of like a cartoon show. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's a second part. I can't wait. But this thing stretched on for sagas. Right. And that meant that there was a level of maturity for kids that had never been leveraged before right like kids are smart and so they understand storylines like self-doubt and being your best and consequences and that kind of stuff and i think dragon ball specifically had such a cultural impact that the kids who are growing up who are professional athletes today to this day still watch dragon ball to help them get psyched up for each game which i think is is a testament to how far reaching this property is amazing so Oh, that's crazy. I'm going to ask you about your experience then. You came on over from comics, and next thing you know, now, you, now you're in this. You're in the world yeah. of anime, manga, toys. Yeah. Talk about that flip in experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, did you go, how, how was that ride for you? Was it a bumpy one, or was it something that just went straight? Easy. It was, it was a little bit of both, right? So when I was in the comic book side, um, you, you were, we're still dealing with very passionate fans, right, who can sniff out if you're pandering to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really careful of what you're doing with the character. Right. And arguably, like they pay me to be sort of the expert in my field. But there are people who've been immersed in this thing for years and years and years who know every nuance in every episode that I just can't compete with. Right. So I got to make sure that I'm keeping those folks happy. Right. And staying true to what the content is going to be. But at the same time, like running a business as well. Right. And so the transition from the comic book world to the anime world, that was pretty similar. Right. The only difference now, I guess, is is that uh, with Bandai, we're working with all different anime across different licensors. Right. So there's not just Dragon Ball. There's like Naruto and then there's Gundam and then there's all these other um, IP that are out there. Digimon that you sort of have to immerse yourself with and then sort of be respectful of the rules of the road because, you know, we are partners with like your shoeaces of the world and the crunchy rolls of the Mm. world to do the stuff that we're doing, right. To make sure that we are um, serving the fans who got us here in the first place, but at the same time, making stuff that is commercially viable. Gotcha. Now talking about stuff that's commercially viable, because you set the fans ablaze recently 
with, with a survey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, what? Why did you guys decide? What was it? The intent? What made you guys say, "Okay, we need to find out who"? Bottom line: Was there a, a comment made, an argument somewhere that made you guys think, "Let's find out who the best is"? You know what? I always kind of like to poke the bear with a stick every <laughs> once in a while, right? <laughs> and. And one of the one of the tricks that that I, that we did when when I was in the comic book world is you, you sort of put the question out there: Who would win, right? Like this hero versus that hero, this hero versus this hero in three feet of water, you know, a pig <laughs> versus a bat in the dark, like who, like all these different permutations, and people have their own opinions, right? And that's a really easy way to get people talking about stuff that they're passionate about. And Dragon Ball has no shortage of passion fans. So mm -hmm. we put out this survey just to kind of shake the box a little bit and see, hey, we know there's people out there, but are they still thinking what they're thinking and having them re-energize their conversations? And so we had a, a simple question like, have you even heard about it in the first place, right? <clears throat> and we weren't surprised, right? And, and basically these surveys show that like people aren't surprised when they say like seven out of 10 people for the most part have heard that Dragon Ball even exists in the first place. Right. Like compared to like other things that you're aware of, whether it is, can you name all 50 states <laughs> versus <laughs> the three branches of government versus like, yes, I know who Goku is like that says something. Right. And then with that, then we said like, OK, well, of the Dragon Ball universe characters, who would you want to have to dinner? Who would be the most fun to hang out with? Right. And then just sort of see where things end up. Right. And what's your favorite battle? Everyone has their favorite moments. And all you got to do is just plant a couple seeds out there and you're going to get the responses. And it was really fun to watch to see what came back. Were you surprised with the response or, or you were like, yeah, I figured. Um, I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked if, if, and that's kind of a KG answer. Surprised <laughs> that fans are just as um, spirited now than they ever have been. That was a nice surprise. Shocked that we'd have such a, um, overwhelming opinion that they want Goku as their plus one for a dinner date. Like mm -hmm. I'm not shocked with that one. Right. It just sort of makes sense because Goku really is right. <clears throat> he is what the story revolves around. Right. Like in, in your classic, like writers that are out there, right. You know what a flat story arc is. Right. And, and Goku has a flat story. arc. He's the same person from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. His moral compass doesn't change as opposed to like Vegeta who sort of starts out one way and then is sort of like believing this lie. And then he finds out and then it has this identity crisis and then like turns to the good side. Right. But with Goku, he pretty much sees and wants to see the best in everybody all the time, which means that whenever there's a villain, right. It amplifies how bad that villain is and really moves the narrative forward. Right. And so I think that's why people instinctively would just sort of say like, yeah, I want to hang out with Goku. Right. To see what he's going to say, because, you know, you're you're going to you're going to be rewarded for what you think he's all about, because he is mm -hmm. one of the most consistent characters out there over, you know, the years and years that that all the different Dragon Ball sagas have have extended into. See, I want to leave the board of race uh, in a moment, but I just want to ask this one question, because uh, my guest uh, Thor Zimmerberger from the uh, Basement Boy Banta wants to know if Goku is number one. Then who is number two? Because he already has his idea for a number two, which is you know uh, Prince Boyita. I would I would have to 
I hate qualifying questions, right? <laughs> but, but, but you have to qualify it. Like, what do you mean by number one in terms of like most power, right? And then you kind of have to define power. And if you define power, then you have to sort of figure out, well, power, if you remember like your high school physics, power is work divided by time, right? And that is gives you the equation of power. Well, then if you have time, well, then like who can like break the bonds of time? There's plenty of characters out there. Beerus is one of them, right? Who sort of yeah. stretches like, so if it's about time, then that kind of like throws that whole question out of kilter, right? So I can't uh, honestly ask that question and unless you say in a fight on earth, one-on-one, max power form versus max power form, who would win, right? In, in which case then number two, I would say maybe Broly, oh, right? Okay. Just given all those things and what we've seen. Right. But the story is still unfolding. I mean, in, in, you know, we announced a new movie. Right. So in terms mm. of like what's going to happen in the canon of that movie that might alter that equation. Right. Hey. So what I answered today might be different a year and a half from now. Hey, hey, what a tease talking about the movies and what's going to happen. <laughs> wow. Now, now I got to see this movie. Huh? Huh? Yeah. What's going on there? All right. Bracey, give the floor to you for, for any question. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to start with a question. I'm going to start with a statement. Uh, I'm afraid that almost all of the fans are uh, probably wrong on your survey. Uh, <laughs> okay. When when Al first told it to me, he's, he said, like, the most uh, – I, I didn't get the right context. He was like, oh, the most popular character is Gohan. I was like, what? I made, was, I made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. It was like I, like I could see uh, – if you look at, like, uh, Dragon Ball Z, that's where Toriyama was going. Uh, mm-hmm. Goku – uh, was lesser than Gohan. Gohan always had that greater potential. Like it's like, but you know, Goku's obviously such a popular character that he continues to be the star no matter what. And like right. you said, he's he's the most consistent character. But looking back at the surveys, like, okay, who is the character you'd want to hang out with? And so I started thinking in that context. So who is the most fun character? Uh, if I'm going to go to dinner, if I'm going to go have a drink with him, if I'm just mm-hmm. going to hang out with him. It's not Goku. He's 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 not intellectually very interesting, and I wouldn't <laughs> take him to dinner because have you seen the guy eat? It's a mess. <laughs> it's, a, it's a travesty. No, I would hang out with Master Roshi because who's more fun than Master Roshi? <laughs> oh, man. okay. He okay. So <laughs> it it depends on who's in your total dinner party, right? Because depending on what Master Roshi thinks, it's funny. Yeah, that could or couldn't. Right. Like, so here's a perfect example. I had a friend where um, he decided to take his first date to a comedy club. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was a brilliant decision because you can tell a lot about somebody by what they think is funny. Yeah. Right. Mm. What Masharoshi might think is funny, given the situation. (laughs) It depends on how interesting you want your dinner to be. Do you want a nice dinner conversation or do you want a dinner conversation to be like, I can't believe you said that. Like, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Like, some people might find that nerve wracking, right? Mm. And, and I and I agree. So Goku might not be the most intellectually, <laughs> you know, sophisticated person out there. However, if you look at the overall range of emotion that Goku has been observed to have in his story arc, it's been everything from slurping a bowl of ramen, right, which is fun and endearing to such a moment of personal crisis in terms of like, what am I going to do? 
did I make the right choice and like people died as a result of me not doing what I should have done? Like that's a pretty wide range, which means that when you're talking mm-hmm. to Goku over dinner, you can change the subject and he's going to have something to say. Right. And so on a, on a very personal connection, I would imagine you'd, he'd be able to, to move around without skipping a beat as opposed to, you know, having dinner with, with Frieza. Right, he would insult the server, and then he would insult the chef, and then he would skip it. Blow up the restaurant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, for me, that, it definitely speaks to my personality, and we we've all uh, we all come to everything from our own bias. And so, I'm the type of person who thinks Master Roshi in a social setting is a hilarious prospect, and I am there to watch the train wreck. <laughs> uh, now, yes. as, a, as a character. Uh, uh, Goku obviously has a tremendous amount of very admirable qualities, even though uh, I've, I tend to find characters who do have an arc more interesting. Uh, you know, so like uh, Vegeta turns out to be one of my favorites. Uh, sure. Uh, Piccolo turns out to be one of my favorites because these guys go from the arc of villain to hero. Correct. And I, I like uh, Vegeta is kind of the the trope that you normally see in things like, uh, and forgive my American pronunciation, is just it's stuck in my head, but Naruto. Of yeah. the, the kind of the underdog, he starts out on top, but uh, Goku is like the genius character, like a Sasuke, and uh, Vegeta is always striving to catch up with him. And I, I find that incredibly admirable. But on Goku's end, uh, his constant optimism, uh, his constant willingness to self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. and the fact that he does try and see the best in everybody, and he'll never ever give up. He just never quits. And these are all really powerfully heroic principles and just good moral principles, too. So I can see why so many people are into Goku as the number one. For a minute, I thought you were talking about Omega. I was like, damn. Well, you know, (laughs) in real life. (laughs) All right. So what else have we got going? Because we did the survey. We found that out, right? Mm -hmm. But I know with the holidays coming, you know, you already teased there's a movie. Are we getting some new toys or what? What's popping here? Yeah, so um, the, the the cool thing about what I do is I get to make toys, right? Or or I get oh to help God. sell toys, right? Like our our R and D folks in Japan, they're the ones who uh, put this together. So like, let me show you. I'm going to put it in the camera, right? So like these guys, right? Let me see if I can put them up here. So oh, nice. Right now, this is from our Evolve line. Now these guys are like five inches high, right? And the overall points of articulation. Like from this side to this side, like the level of flexibility is actually really good. And do you and know how many it, points of articulation it has? There are 16 points. Ooh, nice. Now, like, and one of the things I like to say is like what Bandai does better than anybody else is spot on interpretations from the anime to the action figure, right? And and, and if I put them a close up without getting too blurry in the camera, like it looks, looks just like, like the animation. And the cool thing, nine ninety nine. Oh right? what? Yeah. Nine ninety nine. Yeah, there's statues for like there's statues for forty bucks that look just as good that you can't pose, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and since we were talking about Goku, like obviously we have more varieties of Goku than anything else, right? So like these guys are already out there, right? And there's different versions, right? There's a Super Saiyan Blue version. We have the Ultra Instinct oh, version that's here, fire. right? These are both the five-inch versions, right? And then we have, like, this guy here, right? We got Super Saiyan Goku. This is our six-and-a-half-inch figure, right? And he goes for, like, nineteen ninety-nine. 
And again, right, 16 points of articulation, but it's a larger size and the sculpt detail is just a little bit finer, right? So we have like in the Dragon Ball world, we got like 56 characters plus wow. in this size, right? And then for, you know, for like a younger audience, we have like these limit breakers. So these guys are like $14.99, right? And they have like, you know, five points of articulation. But The old school, five points. <laughs> exactly. But even still, right, like the level of detail that you're going to get looks fantastic and, and everything in between. So, you know, um, we release like three to four new characters every season, right, just depending on what, what's happening. Um, and then no doubt when the movie comes out, right, there's going to be different versions of characters. There might be even new characters or not. I'm not giving anything away, right? But, you know, but, you know, anybody who knows anything about the toy industry, right, when there's a movie – there's there's going to be the toys that are going to be complementary to that piece of content that's coming out, right? But specifically for the holiday coming up, just in like almost like six weeks now, basically, um, you know, all these different versions of Goku and all of his other characters, from your five inch to your twelve inch, right here, like they're available. Whether you're going to go online or in store, um, you know, uh, we have some cool new characters that we're going to be announcing soon that I can't reveal just yet. But mm. all the ones are out there, right? And, and specifically with with these guys, right? Like. 50 different styles like 50 there's 50 there's we're up wow. to 55 right now and we're going to be our newest one is master roshi right so hey. just he just came out in his max power to dinner. <laughs> exactly <laughs> he can be your plus one um so master roshi just came out um he's like available pretty much everywhere now um and we're going to have a whole lot of new different characters we have a like a two-pack out there right now um I wonder if I can find I can't see it within arm's distance, but it's a two-pack with Zamasu, Fusion Zamasu versus Future Trunks, right? Mm. And, and if you were to go Zamasu versus Trunks on YouTube, you're going to see about 6 million hits, right? And so Jeez. what we did is we have this two-pack that basically creates that story in a box. Like, remember that time when Zamasu fought Trunks, right? And, like, the box looks really cool. And there's all these new accessories. And, like, that's really what action figures are. Right, it is taking a piece of the property that you really have an affinity for, and it's owning a piece of that content in a physical form, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's something with action figures that I think is is very telling because one of the insights that I had um, when I first came to Bandai, right, when I was in the comic book world, I had seen all sorts of versions of like um, Batman and Superman stuff, whether it was action figures and video games and the books and the hats and and all the kind of stuff. But specifically with action figures here at Bandai. I, I came to realize that the action figures say more about us than they actually talk about the property themselves, right? Like if you had to display an action figure on your shelf and you could only choose one, you would have a clear choice, right? Like it would be yes. Broly, it would be Vegeta, it would be Goku, it would be Roshi, right? And that says more about you and what resonates with you than the actual property itself, right? And I think it's really cool that we can have a property like Dragon Ball that has reached so many fans that has such a deep storyline that people can really categorize themselves as I'm a fan of this character, right? Versus I'm a fan of the entire show. One risks on top of the other, right? And mm -hmm. it's that layers, which I think makes the property have performed so well. Um, you know, since this thing came out on Toonami like years ago, totally. right? Like that's how it started. Not lying, bro. Tsunami. Wow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right? it's been a minute. That, that yeah. was the floodgate. 
people saw it and they're like, what is this? Right. And then like crazy, like Definitely when you had fights or speed lines and, and effects and like, you know, like it was, uh, it was like having your entire life eating toast and then someone gives you a piece of pizza. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of the a same, New York slice, but it's I know, really right? different. Yeah, I'm a Chicago guy myself, right? Oh, so Chicago well, pizza. Yeah, you know. Here we go. Let's not start that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, sister. I love your energy behind the brand. Yo, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you really do do live the DBZ life. I mean, if, if you could be any Dragon Ball Z character, would you be Goku or would you be some someone else? Ah. Uh. See, it's like when you take those personality tests, right? And <laughs> and you have to really be honest with yourself because it's like, who are you versus who do you want to be? Gotcha. Right? Like, if I could be any character, jeez, that's tough. Just just because, like, in my heart, I would want to be Goku, right? Because he does the right thing and he sees the best, but he suffers some pretty dire consequences. Yes, right. Yes. Like. He, <laughs> Being that good has the price to pay, right? And and in a very medical, physical level, we got to think like, am I willing to pay that price versus it would be so much easier to be Beerus, right? Because mm. he doesn't have to answer to anybody and he just frolics about the universe doing whatever he wants. That would be easier, right? So it kind of depends on my mood, right? But if 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 if, if we're playing the infinite game, right, I, I would have to say Goku because in the long run – He's the one that's going to be, you know, rewarded in the heavens for his hard work. He's the one. <laughs> He's the one. I love it. Okay, so right now you said are these figures available now for purchase? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And, and well, I gotta, yeah. Where are we going? Where are we going if I wanted to get one of those figures? Where do I got to go? You can go anywhere, right? So, um, and and it sort of depends, right? So all of the, the main characters that you would expect to find, your Gokus, your Vegetas, your... Um, Gogeta's right like you're gonna find them at like your walmart at your target at your best buy if you want to go deeper in the catalog and and some characters that might not be as popular any of your online platforms whether it's going to get gamestop or amazon like you're going to find the ones that like aren't as popular but still have their own fan base right so it really depends on if you're going to go broad versus deep Ah, there we go. And this movie that you've mentioned, when are are we waiting for this to be released? Well, they made an announcement at at like the virtual Comic-Con, you know, a few months ago, right? So so the name of of the film, right, is going to be Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I haven't seen the graphic (laughs) yet, but, right? But but, um, as movie productions go and and, and coming from the film industry myself – until you know where everyone else is going to come on the calendar, ah. you don't reveal your date yet, right? God. Because it's like a game of chess where like half the people are blindfolded, right? And so it's 2022, 2023, maybe. It Ish. just depends on lots of things. <laughs> it depends on when the movie is going to be done, right? Because Toriyama, right, like he's he's at the helm, like – and, and he's going to take his time. And if he doesn't do it right, he won't do it, period, right? And that's mm-hmm. what the fans expect, right? And to have that – and the price of that level of perfection is sometimes you have to wait, right? And so uh, until he's happy with what the product is going to be and then all of the things that have to happen in order to sort of – the theatrical distribution and the promotions and all these things like that, like I, I hate – giving a, a KG answer, but like it's an 18 month window between 22 and 23. Gotcha. Right. 
around those times. But obviously it takes, you know, a good 12 to 14 months to think of the idea for a toy or action figure and then actually make it and ship it and have it in the stores. Right. So um, once they tell us, here's what's going to happen, then they're going to telegraph that over to me. And then I can sort of start letting folks know, Hey, here are the new products that are coming down because um, and just under the hood in terms of like the industry here, like we start selling to all the retailers about a year in advance. Right. Oh, wow. So, really? Yeah. I'm thinking about like, Christmas of fall, uh, Christmas of next of year too right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything from what's in the stores right now, I haven't thought about for like a year, right? We have Crazy. to be that far out in advance just because everyone is getting early. That's interesting. I mean, how easy is it to navigate that? Cause I don't expect it to be any easy <laughs> to you to try to be so a, a of toys over here. Yeah. That's what they pay me for. Right. I have to <laughs> guess what people are going to want six months, 12 months, 18 months from now. That's it. And then how to communicate that to them. And there's, I mean, and there's lots of stuff that goes into it. And and Dragon Ball is a pretty easy thing to sell, right? It's not like no one's heard of this. Seven out of 10 people in the country know about Dragon Ball, right? It really is about pleasing the fans and letting the retailers know that like, hey, anime is not a niche thing anymore. Like the opening ceremonies of the Olympics in Tokyo, and not just because it was in Tokyo, but like there were anime openings for every event. Like Taco Bell has an anime commercial. Netflix Which is pretty cool. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the fact that anime is everywhere with partnerships from shoes to fast food restaurants to um, there's esports leagues, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's no longer niche. It's no longer mainstream. Like it's already been mainstream. People are just finding out about it. Right. And so when we're talking with the people saying, hey, you know, these are going to be the cool new figures coming a year from now. That's part of our story. Like the train's already left the station. You better get on board because anime is only going to get bigger, right? And Dragon Ball as a property is bigger than anime. Yes, it is Japanese anime by definition, but it spreads so broad across demographics and ages that it steps outside the confines of what traditional anime is, right? It is animated content that no one had ever seen before. It was the first of its kind for a mainstream audience. It's definitely had a cultural impact similar to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of the 80s, where it just swept everything else aside. And if I might interject as as an action figure collector myself, I want to touch on the toys that you showed us. Now, uh, one of the things that most impressed me, of course, is like uh, you look at the models, you look at the the sculptures, the figures, and they are spot on with the, the animation models. So like that's that's really big for a collector like myself and you know obviously there's going to be different levels there's going to be adults like myself or mm-hmm. you know children looking for different things and you're meeting those needs and another thing that's impressive is that you can deliver uh so much articulation for just ten dollars i'm used to uh, once once the marvel legends came out uh yeah. kind of got me back into collecting action figures because I, I loved all the points of articulation and then I left them behind to go search for things from Japan specifically, mm-hmm. uh, SH Monster Arts, uh, Figma, uh, Play Arts Kai, all those things, because I love the high level of sculpting, but also just the amazing engineering and being able to put all that articulation in there. And so even seeing like the, uh, the you know, the DC lines that are coming out and the, the Marvel Legends that are still coming out, but like you've been able to put 
16 points of articulation in a figure for only 10 bucks, and that's an amazing price point for a figure that you're going to be able to get. Because I'm one of those guys. I don't keep things in the package. I pose uh-huh. them. I have my little dioramas. I like to kind of recreate those scenes, and so that's terrific to see. Yeah. I mean, to have something that can – right? I mean, and I'm just playing around with it, right? Yeah. And I just made a pretty good pose right there. Right? It's not like I had to spend a whole lot of time. So imagine what like people whose hobby is to go on Instagram and put these guys in their own special backgrounds. Like yeah. this is a dream for any influencer that's out there, right? Like, you know, he's coming right at you. Like, yeah, it's, it's very much something I've been considering doing myself is like uh, I've seen some really high end toy photography on there. And you're yeah. talking about anticipating what the customers are going to want like a year in advance. How exactly do you do that? Are you are you just putting out more surveys? Are you going on forums and seeing what people are saying they'd like to see? Uh, what's that process like? So it's really important that we, one, listen to our fans, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and not get so blinded by the next thing that we don't see what's kind of going around inside us. So whenever we put forth a new character, right, we'll say like, hey, available for pre-sale next week or introducing – the new Goku version five or whatever we're going to do, right? We look on social and Reddit and what are people saying, right? Are they saying like, oh, at last, right? It's it's Super Saiyan 4 Goku version. I didn't think you guys were going to put him out, right? And I see on the graphic right there, like he's there. Or I didn't know you would have Master Roshi. Like it's about time, right? And so when I hear a comment like it's about time, to me that signals, hmm, Maybe we should have put them out earlier, right? (laughs) But then how long do we wait? And when is the right time? And when is the right time to introduce a new character versus Super Saiyan 12 version of Goku? I'm not saying there's going to be a Super Saiyan 12, but if there were, when would we put it out there, right? And how many would we make? Because if you look at the economics of making an action figure, right? Like the actual molds that we Mm -hmm. have to make, like they're really expensive which means you have to have a certain amount of figures that you create in order to break even, right? Mm, So let's just say for argument's sake, you need 100 action figures in order to break even, right? You then have to say, how many can we sell over the the life of that mold, right? And if you can easily sell 200, then you've paid for it, right? In which case, then fine. But if you decide to have an action figure that has a loyal following but isn't, like, really broad and mainstream and you'll sell maybe, like, 10, then that's when we have to make a decision. That's when we say, do we go with a portfolio approach? Like, this version of Goku, our most popular one, he's going to pay for all the ones who aren't going to be as popular, right? And so, yes, we will make tools for some of those – I wouldn't even say lower known characters, but deeper characters, right? We can't do all of them, but a few, enough that the overall portfolio approach will take the hit on some because we'll get fans and the hardcore fans to talk about it. And the more they chatter, the more people are discovering maybe the property if they haven't been one of the seven and 10 people who know about Dragon Ball, right? (laughs) In which case, then they're going to buy more Goku because everyone buys Goku first. And a fantastic thing that we had uh, on the survey that we had talked to folks about is of folks who collect the Dragon Stars, the six and a half inch figure. Like statistically, nobody buys one. It's like 97% of people buy more than one, right? Which means that they collect, right? And they want different Mm -hmm. varieties, whether it's 
the blue hair version, the black hair version, with the shirt, without a shirt, the torn pants, without the torn pants. There's lots of different varieties, right? So it, it's it's really encouraging as a marketer to know that like people want to buy more than one, right? Because that's your fear. It's like, well, I already have that version. Why am I going to want another, right? I don't got to worry about that because the storyline is so deep and so diverse that people are going to want that version of this character, right? Which is, which, and as a collector yourself, like even if it's a minor change, it says something to you because it might be part of your favorite arc. Like, oh my gosh, they have that version with his part on the other side of his hair, right? And and the mainstream folks might not appreciate it, but the real fans will. And that that leads to a level of loyalty that Bandai has enjoyed for years and, and, and it's a very important thing for us because, like, part of our overall mission, right, if you look at, like, the Bandai Namco, like, vision statement, we create dreams, fun, and inspiration, right? Mm. There is no price SRP 1999 on dreams or fun or inspiration, right? Like, we provide those things to people that they want to be able to have on their own, right? When a kid sees an action figure and they start playing in their mind, they already have the storyboard in their head already mm-hmm. that was informed by the content. So that when you have this guy versus this guy and they're fighting and they're locked in an epic battle, like they already have it in their mind and we are just helping them create their own story, right? For 10 bucks. So it kind of becomes a gimme. And I know I'm kind of waxing poetic in in terms (laughs) of like what action figures are, but that's what they are, right? right. Otherwise they would just be watching the content. The fact that people make that stretch to own a physical thing that reminds them of an idea that turns into a story that is animated. Like that's kind of big. And most people don't think about it that way, but I think about it that way just because when I tell people, here's this new character coming in, I have to take all these things into consideration, which I guess basically is, is a really long answer to your question of how do we think about these things? Like I've, I've encapsulated and, and as I ramble all along, but that's sort of the process that we go through. And and it, and it manifests itself as that's why they have three different versions of this character. I, I I'm fine with that answer. I I think both myself <laughs> and the uh, and the other fans out there are going to enjoy a very in depth answer like that. And that's one of the reasons we want somebody like you uh, here for our podcast. That's yeah. really amazing because I know for myself, I, I bought a, a Vegeta that was the same mold as the previous Vegeta, but it had the Majin M on it, and like I wanted that yeah. guy, so I picked mm-hmm. him up. And I, <laughs> I know as a child in the 70s, when I was uh, playing with my Star Wars figures and my G.I. Joes, uh, or maybe the G.I. Joes were like in the 80s, that, but I, I started mixing them up. It's like I'd start, it, it, like you said, it launches this whole creative process. You start creating yeah. your own storylines and things like, what if G.I. Joe encounters Star Wars? That sort of thing happens when the figures were all on the same scale. Ooh, so Snake Eyes versus the Jedi, I want to see and, that. You know, I don't think it's too far a stretch to say that all these creators come out of this as children because we start taking this content, taking these tools that you've given us, these toys which we're enjoying as playthings, but we start creating from that. We start creating stories. And the next thing you know, you've got you've got writers and you've got artists mm. and you've just yeah. got people coming out of this and it all starts with your imagination as a child. And these things help facilitate that. Yeah. Yes. And and to, and to prove your point, here's a ten year old kid who is watching it and now I get to talk about it. That's right. What a journey, brother. What a journey. <laughs> How about that for a line, right? 
That's a journey, man. And it's Clearly a beautiful a thing. Influence on your life. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, though, when we could all, you know, fall into the things that we love as we get yeah. older. You know, it makes it fun. Look at you. You look youthful. You're energetic, and yeah. you can't stop talking about DBZ without a smile on your face. So that goes to show, you know, that Cisco is, is not just, you know, a, a person that's working for Bandit, but he is passionate about what he's working on. He's a fan that's, himself. That's the word I was going to use. Like, look at the passion on this guy. This isn't a guy just yeah. shilling toys. This is a guy who loves these toys, loves these characters, yes. loves the company he's working for, and that is so great to see. It is, it is. And this isn't even my favorite property. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Wait till we touch on your favorite property one day when we have you back. You got to tell me, okay, Al, this is my favorite, okay? Now you can spl- now you can tell the world since you're very cryptic on things over here. So let's keep that secret, too. We'll find out okay. when we have you back on and what is your number one and see how much more crazier and wilder oh you could get. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm gonna, I have to adopt him into the family. He's going to be Cisco Mega. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Cisco, man, I really want to appreciate your time today uh, sure. because, you know, you, you share the love, you share the spirit of Bandai. I mean, th- those toys, again, price points are 16 points of articulation, 9.99. And then 99, 19.99, 14.99. Look at that. Something for everybody, for the kids, sure. for the wife, for daddy. I mean, everybody wins here. You know what I mean? This is what I love. So, again, folks, you want to check out everything that Bandai has coming? Go to the website, Bandai.com. Of course, you'll get all these wonderful teases. That's, you know, Cisco probably knows the social guy or social gal and say, here, tease, tease, tease. Like he was teasing us here today about the movies and toys. So go to Bandai America on Twitter, Bandai America Inc. on Facebook, Bandai America on Instagram. And Bandai America on YouTube. Check out all the awesomeness that they have. But if you want to get to know a little bit more about Cisco, check him out on LinkedIn. See everything he's been up to. Check out that history <laughs> and check out his, his page there, his fandom, his love, which could be felt through the screen on some real business. Cisco, your passion is amazing. When he fires me up even more, Wepa, brother. I love it. <laughs> all right. It's been fun. Yeah, embrace you. Thank you for jumping on today and sharing hey, about your DBZ stuff and letting him know how much you love that little Emma on homie's face. You know what I mean? Look, look looking like a DBZ bishop and stuff. <laughs> oh my so, gosh, that's right, bishop. Hey, hey, that's it right. Be along the down the face, yeah. Mm, there you go. So, folks, you know what to do is going to be all on the outro, with the exception of please make sure to visit our brand new digital comic book shop at comiccusaders.shop. And, of course, our awesome wag shop at ComicCrusaders.us. Keep everything separate to so make it easy for you, all right? So, of course, again, I'll leave it one more time. Bandai, check them out everywhere. Check out Cisco. Thank you. Bracey, thank you. I'm Al Mega. This is Comic Crusaders. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 